You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of No Other Pod. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod, a victory pod, and you've been waiting for it, we've been waiting for it all year long to say it, to confirm it, it's a playoff pod. (laughs) We are here, I'm Jimmy, I'm here with my good buddy Dan, Dan, it's playoff time, baby, and we're in it. Do you realize I'm looking like Inigo Montoya, Inigo Montoya over here? Yeah. Do you see this? I see you. It is, bro. Trying to kill the playoff, six-fingered man. Playoff stash is working, bro. Things are, thing, oh my God, we're in it. We're in the dance, but are we? Is this considered playoffs? Or is it, it considered like, or is it considered like, mm, let's see if you're good enough to get into the actual playoff? No, this isn't like the first four thing with the, yeah. the tournament where it's like, it's kind of the tournament, but it's not really the tournament. This is considered the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I guess in football, you never want to be in the wild card, but if you are in the wild card, you're still referring that to playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. This is get a wild card. And, and it was a, a wild card Giants team that we mentioned took down those undefeated Patriots. So, bro, we we did not expect to be in a home game, no. playoff game, right off the bat. Like, no. what is happening? I don't know. The past few days have been nuts. It's been so exciting. It's been wild. There, I mean, it's been... There's been all sorts of takes flying about about this season that I want to discuss a, a little bit later. Some some good. Some people are still mad. Some people don't know how to feel. Some people I don't know what to do with my hands. And we got St. Louis fans out there saying that they're feeling special. And I, you know, we'll 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 talk. Peter about Peter does not forget. By the way, all you people that called for this grown ass man to get fired, oh, he remembers and he's got you on a list. He's got you. I imagine you down. It's like uh, Billy Madison, where the guy turns around and just crosses a name off the list. Yeah, 100%. Peter's got a list. <laughs> oh, man. There, there's too damn much to talk about. Uh, first thing, though, first things first, I'd love to say, <laughs> Chris Jericho, you just made the list. Look at this wrestling <laughs> reference over here. Nick knows, bro. Producer Nick coming in hot. Uh, dude, start before this game even started, by the way. St. Louis was pretty upset. That Sporting KC was going to do some kind of blue light show, which, by the way, it didn't, get over it. it didn't even end up being a blue light show. It was actually just spending the fireworks budget. <laughs> they they did play it up a little bit more than they needed to. I mean, they put out yeah. on social ahead of time, getting your seats at 755 because we're going lights out at Children's Mercy Park. And I was like, yeah, what is it? Like last time, what I remembered was a number of years ago, I think it was a playoff game. Well, they did something kind of like this, but Tech Nine was there performing. Do you remember this? Oh yeah, he had like the the Tech Nine mask on and everything, and it was awkward because the vibe was not a Tech Nine vibe in that stadium. And yeah, so he, he's uh, he's the one is you know every everybody go crazy and and everybody you know a bunch of Johnson County soccer people are sitting there like lose this Tech Nine. Um, it, it was it was not quite the same as when he does it at a Chiefs game. Uh, so I was like, I don't know, they bring Tech Nine back, what's gonna happen? And and it was cool. They turned the lights off and they played a video. But that was a video like, in the dark and a lot of fireworks, bro. The fire it was a whole ass fireworks show there was a lot before the game. Not I fire. Had, huh? They needed more fire. Oh, dude. In addition to the There's fire. a lot of fire. It gets hot down there, baby. It is <laughs> woo. Woo. Watch your eyebrows, man. But it I enjoyed it until like I couldn't really see the field anymore. I was like this can't be good for the environment, yeah. right? Like, I can't see shit. I might be getting 
some yeah. sort of disease from all this carcinogens in there. Does Apple Watch give you an air quality alert from time yeah. to time? <laughs> Please leave now. Um, yeah. Yeah. St. Louis got mad because it's our thing. We've done this. And it's like, well, you know what? They got to relax. Chill. You haven't done shit. You've been in a single season. I'm sorry that you did some red light stuff. Austin does some green light stuff. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, what are we even mad about? Some of these St. Louis people think they are God's gift to soccer. Well, on Monday during the day, I saw that Zach Cobb, who's he's a, a, a sporting KC fan on Twitter, who's he, he's willing to get in some some scraps with some people on Twitter. He found some St. Louis fan that was talking about how has any team ever had an owner that's been as active and engaging on social media as our owner is because she was answering questions on Facebook or something like that. And so he started kind of going back and forth like Rob Heineman's been doing this for years, literally, like as have other owners. This is not new, but St. Louis... But but nobody like our owner. We're different. We're just yeah. We're different. It's a different thing here. So you know, it's uh, there's there's a real opportunity that Sporting Kansas City, if they can pull this off on Wednesday, which we'll talk about, best of three with St. Louis. We you know, and we've already had a best of three with St. Louis, and it did not go our way. Yeah. So it's like there's a revenge story plot there, uh, uh, dude. Also, do you, do you want your owner to engage with people on Twitter? Like it just. If I'm a marketing person, if I'm a marketing person or a comms person, a PR person, absolutely the hell not. No. Get the hell off of Facebook. You don't owe people anything. Like, you don't have to go on there and answer questions. I mean, if that's what you want to do, send out a Twitter Q&A and then release a video. Do an AMA, do something something like that. But yeah, I get it. I get the sentiment. It does set a very hard precedent to keep up with because now... You're 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 not gonna be able to keep doing it. So whatever. But I, as a staff person, I wouldn't. But you know, I'm just so thankful that they gifted us with the sport of soccer, St. Louis. We we bow down, <laughs> we bow down to you guys. Thank you. But let's. Uh, yeah, it's. How, I want to know how are you feeling all day leading into this game because I I told people you know Jacob Peterson, friend of the show, came up to me before the game when I was up in the press box. He goes, "How, how you feeling?" I was like, "I'm optimistic." He's like, good. I think me too. Nate, I'm Nate, uh, Nate Bucati was getting ready to get on Apple TV. He was, he asked same thing. How are you feeling? I was like, I think we're, I, I, I'm feeling good. Okay. You're so, I, I texted you that. They're talking to our good friends. That's, that's yeah. awesome. I texted you. I'm feeling good. And you, I forget exactly what you said, but it was something akin to shut your mouth. Oh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. All I said was stop. <laughs> I said, stop. I don't want to be asked how I'm feeling. I just want to, let's just hope for the best expect disappointment like i just i but i was real excited even the days leading up to the game i was like man this is that different feel this is why you go all year for this storyline man it was our podcast game. bro our podcast has had peaks and valleys as far as what to cover this has been the craziest season to cover since we started this thing mm-hmm. six years ago yeah that's wild to think about it was i i i can't explain why I was oddly calm the entire day leading into this. That is, that's ridiculous. I was nervous, and I was even more nervous when there was like a deflection, and Tim Melia had to lay out for a yeah. for a stop, and then there was a deflection down at the other end where St. Louis goalkeeper went over the goal, and it's uh, the whole thing was just nuts, bro. I just yeah, I was I had a um, a quiet confidence, I guess you could say, for some reason that I was like, Sporting's going to take care of business tonight. And whatever happens in the other games happens. That's out of our control. But we're going to do it tonight. And and I don't know why, because I haven't really felt that 
all year, but I just had a feeling that they were not going to let this opportunity go by the wayside by their own doing, at least on that night. Obviously, the rest of the season was their own doing, but... Man, I, now I'm just thinking like the what ifs. Like if Dallas would have lost, then we would have like not even had to play this Wednesday. And yeah, just what a ridiculous story. I, I I could not be more excited. The whole game was it had breathlessness because mm-hmm. you you were just like you were engaged to every moment because your literal seasons on the line, your soccer life, someone's season is ending tonight. Right, and it wasn't us because I had Schadenfreude to the max. <laughs> <laughs> waving, waving at the Minnesota supporters. I was like, "Bye bye, have a well, safe trip." And I knew that it was probably going to be a weird game potentially because a draw doesn't help anybody. Everybody loses in a draw, so yeah. there were pe- both teams were going to just go, you know, full tilt, try to do whatever they can to win. And Sporting let them have the ball. Sporting just like kept the ball most of the time. That's the thing. It was pretty evident very early in the game that like oh sporting sporting isn't here to mess around sporting is the team that is going to control this game and if they're going to lose it's not going to be because of the lack of effort and and there were some questions leading into this game that i think were probably a little overblown throughout the week because the injury report came out and people freaked out a little bit because people like johnny and alan were, were on the injury report and and imagining like what happens if they don't play um and I know what happens. We've seen the numbers there. Not good. <laughs> and I don't think there was ever actually really much of a chance of them not playing. They just, they've been on the injury report off and on list just questionable for a while. And then, of course, the lineup comes out and it's it's the first choice 11 as much as there can be. Tim Leibold obviously wasn't available um, and, and Marino Shanice was not in the 11, but I see this lineup. I see that front three we're used to. I see that that midfield that I think might be my first choice midfield as much as I love Gotti. I think I love him more as sort of a super sub. And then this back line, I was, you know what? All you can ask for. This is it. So I was feeling yeah. good. Yeah, I just, you know, I hope they stay healthy. I hope training doesn't kill them um, because you just played Saturday mm-hmm. and, and now you're playing Wednesday, man. You got to play tomorrow. So it's like one of the most one of the most wild things to me, by the way, First 10 games of the season, we're all aware of what happened. We lost seven games and drew three. Mm-hmm. Bro, the rest of the year, we only lost seven more games mm-hmm. and we drew five. Mm-hmm. And had 12 wins in that bad boy. Like, it, it was, it's as best you could do, man. Sporting's going to be dangerous here. They are like the league leader in, in wins since May or something 1. like this. 1.71 points per game after those first 10 games of the year. It was the highest in the league, right? It's at least the highest in the conference. 1.71 points per game after those first 10 games of the year. You know, if they would have kept up that pace across the entire year, if they could have replicated that in the first 10 games uh, of the year, do you know where they would have finished in the West? Got to be second or something, right? First place. First, huh? Because the first place team in the West, St. Louis, averaged 1.65 points per game. That's wild. So Sporting KC was literally on... And it doesn't feel like it because there were still games where you, you do well, you do well, you do well. Damn it, a 4-0 loss to St. Louis. You do well, you do well, you do it. Damn, you drop points here. You shouldn't have done that. And yet, yeah, over since May, over the final 24 games of the year, 1.71 points per game. That's insane to really, me, man. And we were, we were rewarded, dude, for showing up all year. Um, if you guys are just now joining us and listening to this, 
Uh, and maybe this, maybe you were like, hey, I'm going to go check out this sporting game. It's it's uh, going to be a good one. Well, hey, you got one. I mean, you didn't have to endure all this other stuff that we did all season, man. But if you did, you're rewarded. And here we are in the, in the game and we're ready to march. And I, we could make a run here, bro. We could do something. I, yeah. I hate to say it, but I'm so excited. I mean, like we said, you get in, you just get in the dance. And what's interesting is, I don't know, and we are going to, talk about the game but this feels like a low pressure situation almost for sporting in some ways because everybody's counted them out it doesn't seem like anybody actually thinks sporting kc could do this if you look at mlssoccer.com matt doyle made tiers of teams that he he wrote out about everybody who's in uh the the playoffs you know there's the tier one favorites you know the fc cincy and lafc then there's the tier two serious contenders and then you keep going to tier three teams that need to catch some breaks he calls it and then there's tier four too many flaws guess which tier sporting kansas city is in but it's in that one it's tier four too many flaws but as you said oh seven and three through the first 10 games of the year 12 7 and 5 the rest of the way never losing two in a row and never getting on but you know we never got on an eight game winning streak but consistent now i think it's interesting and i think i i can't sit here and say that sporting kansas city are obviously a you know a favorite or whatnot to to advance throughout the turn uh, the, the playoffs because this is a flawed team but i don't think that this is hey count them out this team's not going to do anything i think beating san jose is very reasonable We'll talk about that. And I think beating St. Louis is very reasonable. We'll talk about that too, assuming we get to that point. But I don't know, man. I'm just excited. I think we're an underdog. It feels like we're playing with a little bit of house money here, and and we'll see where it goes. Absolutely. Should we take a quick break before we talk about the rest of the game? I think we'll do that. So we'll take a break right here, and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Buddy, the Major League Soccer script writers are strong. <laughs> they're, hard, they're hard at work because you know damn well they don't want to see no San Jose in a three-game series against St. Louis mm-hmm. when it could have been Sporting KC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for travel too, man. St. Louis would much rather come on down here than have to, you know, head out to Northern California. So it's yeah. Uh, although I've heard, I, I I can't speak for everybody in the St. Louis organization, but I've heard that there are some people who work for the St. Louis City SC that are rooting pretty hard for San Jose to beat Sporting KC because they're scared. They don't want the smoke, and they don't want what, that revenge, bro. For whatever reason. Apparently, some of them think it'd be easier to market San Jose because they played sporting three times already. Bro, that is absolutely not the case. This is supposedly your biggest rival. You've talked all this shit about soccer capital of America, whatnot. Now you have to get a playoff series, and you think the San Jose earthquakes are going to be easier to market for your fans? What kind of marketing major from DeVry University thinks that that's a good idea? Yeah, see what I just did there? I I, I slammed their marketing team. DeVry, not a fun... <laughs> Not a good school. We'll see. I mean, we got to get through San Jose first, but let, let's before we we even get to San Jose, let's talk a little bit more about this Minnesota game because we talked about the lineup. You looked at Minnesota; they're a team that's a little bit reeling, 
And this was a weird situation because we're watching the game that we're watching, but we're also kind of keeping an eye on the scores from from some other games too because not only are, are we winning, but we got to make sure that at least one of three other teams don't win. I didn't look up other scores until uh, until we scored. Really? When okay. we scored, when we scored, I go, okay, phone coming out. But like, there's no reason if you're not if it's draw if you're tied, there's no reason to score watch. See, I had MLS. I was up in the press box. I had MLS 360 up me, and everybody else in the press box were all sitting there watching. And it's funny because we were all. I mean, you know, how streaming is sometimes they're like the streams off by a couple seconds here or there, so we weren't all quite exactly the same. So you'd start hearing murmurs at the press. Houston scored. Houston scored. Wait, what? Houston scored. Like sitting there, and it's like all. It was. Uh, it was pretty clear, pretty immediately that Dallas was not gonna. They they were not gonna do anything but win. They dominated the Galaxy. The Galaxy were not going to do us any favors. They scored like in two minutes. It's like, okay, comes comes down to Houston. It comes down to Austin. We're relying on Austin FC for something. And then Sporting Kansas City, continuing to be a, a dominant on the ball through the first 20 minutes, it took about 27 minutes. And then Johnny Russell decided he was going to be a little bit of 2018, 2017 Johnny Russell. He goes down that right wing. He puts that ball on his left foot. He cuts inside. He fires it, and it goes past St. Clair into the inside of the far post. And I felt an emotional release throughout the entire stadium. Look, what kind of tape are you watching on a team where you allow Johnny Russell to do what Johnny Russell does? Like, he does that, and I'm just like, how did he even get that off? Go watch it, dude, because even the other defenders pointed at the guy. Who was guarding Johnny? They were just like, "What are you doing?" Well, you know what? Maybe you should have done. Maybe they should have double teamed Johnny like every other team does because it's pretty clear he's going to be able to get around a single defender. There are two Minnesota defenders standing about six to ten yards behind the guy who's guarding Johnny, and not a single one of them even bothers to step up and look. And that, and you, I'm watching the replay right now. the The guy who was on Johnny one on one points to the other guy and points back like, "Come help me." Yeah, double team. They don't do it. No, so. dude. It, it, they're sitting back because they must have saw a little something. They must have foresaw that uh, that ball is going to come across the box later. Remy Voltaire is going to come in mm-hmm. out of nowhere and just score a goal that Remy Voltaire doesn't normally score. So, man, and, it's yeah. insane to me. It took, what, three minutes later, four minutes yeah. later? So I wasn't done celebrating the first one. I was still talking about it, and it happened, and I go, what? What happened? Right. I had to watch the replay, bro. I knew the second a team scored. I didn't know who was going to score first. I hoped, obviously, it was Sporting KC. But I knew that the second that one of the teams scored, the game was going to get weird. Because now, there's no room for error in this game. Draws don't count. So if one team scores first, the other team now suddenly needs to score at least two unanswered goals. And that suddenly gets a lot harder. So... Sporting Kansas City scores off Johnny's left foot. Minnesota starts pushing a little bit more. They get caught without numbers in the box. Daniel Shallowy goes down almost to the corner flag, sends in a ball across into the center of the box, and Remy Voltaire flies in out of nowhere and first-time touches his past Dane St. Clair. And that was that, because if Remy's not there, Johnny's kind of running across, but... I'm not even sure Daniel was passing this to Remy. I think he saw Johnny cutting in, and if you look at the pass, it's it's online to to land right at Johnny's feet, and Remy flies in and puts that in the back of the net. Amazing. Dude, and now 
most people would be like, hey, 2-0, this feels good. Nah, dude, it didn't feel good. Because, for one, 2-0 is a scary score. Especially if they, <laughs> they keep coming hard. You're like, dude, if they got one back, that'd be, this changes everything. But you know they got to score three because they don't want to draw. But then you're looking at these other games that's like tied up 1-1. Uh, and then what, someone's down 1-0. And then they go down 2-0. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God, this has never been the most stressful decision day, dude. Like any other time, it's like win and you're in. Mm-hmm. And this was not the case. And it made it that much more serious. It was so fun, right? It was awesome. It was so much fun. It was 2-0 at the half. And at this time, uh, the Houston Dynamo were up 1-0. And San Jose and Austin were tied 1-1. So at halftime, if the results ended the way they did, we knew that Sporting Kansas City was going to host the playing game. And if you would have asked me, do you think that the, the San Jose and Austin game is going to end 1-1? Probably not. Do you think that the Houston game is going to end 1-0? Probably not. So a lot of things still could have gone awry, even if Sporting Kansas City pulled off the victory. I was feeling pretty good at 2-0. Minnesota hadn't really shown anything, although you never know. Things get wild. Um, and yeah, the, the, the second half started. Pretty soon after the second half started, Houston goes up and they double their lead 2-0. And then they make it 3-0. So you're thinking, okay, finish this out and we're yeah. in. Finish but this I'm out. thinking... I saw that, and I'm thinking, nah, nah, we need three, dude. We need three. We have to cap this off and, like, solidify this shit, right? Mm-hmm. And if we need three, who do you think it should be that should put that third goal in? There's only like, one. I mean, does Alan Polito want to play at all? Like, what, where, <laughs> why isn't our striker scoring anything? We got midfielders scoring, and then we got our winger allegedly getting fouled in the box. He's like, what, what happened? Why did I get, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to get up. Mm-hmm. and block this guy's kick and score. What? And I'm pretty convinced that that actually would have gone to VAR review because really? I was looking at it, I was like, that's a foul in the box. Yeah. But credit to Johnny. This is what so many, so many soccer players do not do what Johnny did. They get fouled in the box, they turn around, they start yelling at the ref, they complain, the ball gets cleared, and then you're relying on the video assistant referee to decide was that clear and obvious enough for me to signal down to the center referee and take a look at? Suddenly, it's out of your hands. Johnny didn't do that. Johnny gets fouled. He gets up. He turns and looks, sees a Minnesota defender being lazy with the ball, and like you said, blocks it with his left foot. It touches down perfectly. He just rolls it past Dane St. Clair. Ball don't lie. 3-0. Bro, rest is his. Michael Boxall is like, oh, shit, and he boxes Johnny out. He adds the positioning. But Johnny sticks his little leg around Boxall little leg. and just gets a poke on him, dude. He just mm-hmm. gumbied his leg around to get a... But Boxall did what he had to do. He blocked him out. I don't know mm-hmm. how Johnny gets a foot to this ball. It's insane to me. It's how strong he is mm-hmm. and, and, and mind and body. Yep. And now it's 3-0 and you're like, let's host the fucking playoffs. Let's go, baby. And it was uh, it was right after we scored 3-0 where... I tweeted something that I probably shouldn't have tweeted, but it was something along the lines of, at this point, it would take a collapse, like multiple collapses of historic proportions for Sporting Kansas City to not make the playoffs. Why'd you do that? And I I literally hit send, and the second I hit send, Michael Boxall scores for Minnesota. I'm not. So I was like, oh, shoot, I've made a terrible mistake. And it was off a set piece, which is still our kryptonite. 
Do you think they're talking about that this week at training? Do you think they're like, okay, great win, but hey, we can't let that happen? They better be. They have to. Because that's not going to fly in the playoffs. Bro, that was Kyrie's guy, and Kyrie just like lost his balance. Otherwise, Kyrie has that. Kyrie has the height to go toe-to-toe with Michael Boxall. Kyrie did what a header, though, right? It was a great header. Had a mistake at the other end Mm. and was like, whatever, I got to go slam one home. And he did. It was crazy. It was a great header. So it's 3-1, nine minutes left. I wasn't that concerned, but I was like, okay, close this game out. Nine minutes plus stoppage, and there was, what, four minutes of stoppage? So it, um... They were getting physical in that second half, too, man. They had three yellows in the second half. They were getting feisty. Fucking cheaters, dude. (laughs) They were getting feisty. (laughs) But we saw it out. Now, let me ask you this. Johnny said, I asked him, at halftime, they said, nobody look at your phones. Not a single person in this locker room is going to look at your phones because it doesn't matter because the only thing that can happen from it is bad things. Either you're going to get too comfortable or you're going to get too sad and you're not going to see this out. Do you believe nobody knew the score? Well, I mean, you want to believe. You want to believe that they're solidified and they're a team like that uh, because there is peer pressure. Like, you think Jake Davis is over there like, he didn't say Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, what if I don't look at it and I just have Siri tell me? <laughs> right, right. It just feels like, I don't know. I don't. You don't want to know really, right? You want to go play your game and kind of have that fun at the end. Um yeah. But I don't know. Did you get a hint that they looked? Like, did you feel that they might have? The only the people who I think knew, I think some of the reserves in the second half knew. Because when that third goal was scored, the way the entire team was jumping and celebrating seemed yeah. like that was a team that was celebrating that they were about to be in the playoffs. You think Roger snuck his phone out and his little his little man uh, fitness tracker bra thing? <laughs> I think in a, in a game like soccer, when the fans are so close, somebody's telling the player something. There's yeah. somebody who's like, hey, hey, Roger, Houston's up 3-0. You guys win and you're in. And, th- and then it starts, you know, the little murmur start going through or whatnot. I remember, um, but when they celebrated as a team and they're jumping up and down and the reserves are on the field and everything after that third goal, it just, it felt to me like they knew. And yeah. then after the game, we kind of talked about, I'd hoped this would happen where there would still be a couple minutes left in, in the other game. So they all gathered at midfield. They put the games up on. And it was kind of quiet. The San Jose Austin game already went final, I think it was, or one. No, the the Houston game went final, three zero. So we were already in the playoffs, but we yeah. were still waiting to see the San Jose Austin game go final because there was like six damn minutes of stoppage time. Yeah, and then uh, that finally goes final. They know they're hosting a playoff game, and everybody just lost it. It's insane. It's insane, dude. If you ask me uh, if we'd be hosting one of these things, you know, three months ago, I'd be like, "You're out of your damn mind." Right. And and that's a that's the thing here, man. It's like th- this whole season though isn't just based off of that that ten game winless streak at the beginning of the season. Like there's been some shitty games this year. I mean, you can't say like, oh well, we just had to wait to get our players back. Mm, then what's the excuse when you played St. Louis? Like I just I, I gotta sure. say, you had your players and they kind of wiped the floor with you. So it's a little nerve wracking. There are yeah. problems still. Yeah. We'll this this is. Um... I tweeted something that was like, because I saw some people still being mad. They're like, oh, Peter's taking a victory lap, and this is what he expects. Ninth play, eighth place is what he wanted to be. Blah, blah. And I was just like, you know what? Tonight, be happy. Tonight, yeah, it's okay to be happy. Because you know why? We went winless in our first 10 games, and we did something that nobody in the league has ever done. 
They turned around and they made the playoffs and we're going to play a home playoff game. Sam Cobson from Sporting KC tweeted this out. First MLS team to make the playoffs after opening the season win less than 10. Leading the West since the start of May in points, wins, and goals per game. Um, and then we're, he goes, we've won six of nice since the league's cup, or six of nine since the league's cup. Six of nice. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, now we're coming home for the playoffs. So Dude. if you can't enjoy a night like that and, and acknowledge, yes, there's flaws with this team or whatnot, but if you can't just be like, you know what, but tonight I'm happy, why are you a sports fan? This last little stretch of games has kind of been do or die anyways. Mm-hmm. You got to take that clump of games and 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 single it out and say like, whoa, there were moments where like, if we would have lost this, all chances are all but gone. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is a must win, quote unquote. You know, mathematically you're still in it, but come on, you got to keep pace with everybody else. Right, right. And they did it when it mattered. And, and this game mattered and they did it. I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm so proud to, to you know, to support this team. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm even prouder to like see the guys truly happy because they've been in this shit show, dude. They've been in this grind and it yeah. sucked. Yeah. I was, um, well, Peter went on like a three and a half minute diatribe to start his press conference, which was kind of funny. Sperry yeah. kind of teed him up and he was like, Peter flat out said, he goes, it's a great question because it didn't matter what you were going to ask. I was going to give the same answer no matter what. He had uh, something queued up. He's like, I'm going to speak to the haters who yelled for me to be fired. Yeah, he, was, he was ready to go. Um, but, you know, I, I thought he had a, a lot of good a lot of good pro, uh, points. You know, he finished it for the naysayers and the doubters. No problem. Keep doing it because we'll keep fighting and clawing and making our way. So he, he was so they're probably himself. not here tonight. Right. He did. Um, but... And, and he was asked if he ever doubted himself. And he's like, no, it's not like I woke up and forgot how to coach. <laughs> so, um, man, the shit he says, I swear to God, it's sometimes it's too much, man. It's like, okay, we get it. You don't want to do these press conferences. Yeah. But like your, your, your decorum is all over the place sometimes, Pete. I loved when he, someone, he was asked about Johnny and he goes, I remember when I was first scouting Johnny and the one thing I always thought is he had the it factor and that is for the big games because he's got big balls. Okay. Well, so, <laughs> he was he Peter was in a mood last yeah week, or whatever it was Saturday. Did he have his wine? Did he have his he wine have the, brought over? Yeah, his victory okay. wine. Did you there see the you picture go. of George Brett going around where he's like got his shirt off and he's? I swear to God, George Brett, bro. I swear to God, when I first saw that on my timeline, I thought it was Peter Vermees. I, <laughs> I, I thought it was AI. I was like, that's not real. Why would why would George, George Brett shirtless at a sporting why, game? Why is he shirtless in a box? Why is he at this game to begin with? It's just it's weird. The uh, the the one thing I want to mention before we take our our second break is um, Johnny obviously was was so proud of of this game and of, of this turnaround. But I was curious because he's been captain for a few years now. He's been captain ever since Matt Beasley left, and and. It hasn't been the most successful run in Sporting KC's history during his tenure, and that's not his fault. It just happens to be what happened. But I asked him, I was like, you've been captain for a few years now, and and earlier this year, obviously, there was a lot of frustration. You were at a loss for words at times. So what does it mean to you as a captain, and where does it rank in terms of your time as a captain to be standing there at midfield watching that game go final and know you're about to host a playoff game, knowing how this year started? And he was like, oh, it's got to be near the top. It's got to be near the top because he was like, it's easy to be captain when you're in a leader when things are going well. 
but I learned a lot about myself as a leader and a captain. Um, he goes, I've never been a captain until I was here. I don't know how to do it. I'm learning this as I go. But he he was beaming with pride, which was really cool to see because I know he was um, literally at a loss for words at times this year, not knowing how to fix it. So pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Yeah. Let's take our second break and then we'll come back and talk about San Jose and what's to come. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. George freaking Brett, man. Had the George Brett. Had the pine tar up there, swinging his shirt around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was ready. He was excited. That's yeah, just wild. When I saw he was up there, I was like, oh, I, I guess that's kind of neat. But then I saw the shirtless picture. I was like, what? <laughs> what in the world? This man, yeah. talking about people with big balls. I mm-hmm. mean, George Brett, getting shirtless. It's, uh, it's Who pretty funny. Who knew? 23 is wild, man. Yeah. Just wait. We Taylor may- Swift mania. Maybe Taylor Swift comes if we're in MLS Cup. Travis, bring her down. Stop that nonsense. I will lose it. <laughs> I will lose it, buddy. I mean, I, get your friendship bracelets ready for MLS Cup. Get them ready. <laughs> She's already got a secret handshakes with Brittany Mahomes, it looks like. so. Listen, it's not much of a secret because you know every every teeny bopper has learned that handshake already, okay? Exactly. so I mean, I learned it. <laughs> <laughs> you and Marissa are just at home doing it? Yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> um, sit down. Turn around. Wednesday, just a few nights rest. We're back. Didn't know what you were talking about. I go, <laughs> turn around. There's Taylor Swift. Freak me out. <laughs> um, short turnaround. 
And Wednesday, we're back at Children's Mercy Park, a late kick. 8.30 Central, I think, is the kickoff. What are they doing to us? What is that? that that's 30 minutes earlier than that Chivas game. Yeah. And I didn't get home until after midnight with all the post-game stuff I was doing. And, and this most recent game kicked off at 8. So it's going to be even later. Oh, Don't be pissed when you, if we win this game, we got to go play St. Louis at 9 p.m. You know, West Coast St. Louis, apparently. Like, what is going on? Why would that be a good time for a game? Who sets that? Apple? Yeah, it's Apple for TV because they don't want to get all, trash. all the games on at the same time. So I mean, that's not great for your central time zone and everything. And it's just yeah, people well, in the East that want to watch. It's kind of a bummer because we're technically in the West. So obviously we're playing a West Coast team. So 5.30 or excuse me, 8.30 our time is 6.30 their time. Um, yeah, good point. You know, I don't know. It's it's still sucks. A seven thirty kick for New York and Charlotte. I think, I think they could have pushed these kicks up an hour. I think they could yeah. have had a five thirty uh, Central, six thirty Eastern kick for Red Bulls and Charlotte, probably, and they could have had a uh, middle of the week. Man, that's tough to ask people to get there at that time. I guess, but I mean, eight thirty sucks, man. That's a six thirty kick. West, yeah. so you couldn't have a five thirty. I don't know. It's just it's it's late. It does suck. It's um, suck. Get home at midnight again. And and I know that they're probably trying to avoid as much as possible on Sunday going head-to-head against the NFL. But you know what? You're still going to have Sunday night football. So, I don't know, a 5, 5 p.m. start, 7 p.m. start, and 9 p.m. start. Those are the three Sunday games. You couldn't have pushed those up an hour, just an hour. Lo- you know, I love it. At least, at least those games aren't on Saturday, you know. Uh, you do get an extra day of recovery there. Um, but this this is exciting, man. Uh Hopefully exact a little revenge against San Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have it pulled up. If not, you should totally do that, is look at the lineup of when we played San Jose uh, back in May, I believe. It is not the lineup that we play with right now. Yes, our front three were there. There was Shallowy, uh, Polito, and Russell. Castellanos was in for Fontas. He ends mm-hmm. up getting a first half red card, mm-hmm. if you guys remember. Mm-hmm. So it was like, wow, thanks for coming out. Castellanos, have a have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Uh, our left back was Robert Volader, I think. I'm going off memory here. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's not our left back anymore. I think Logan and Denbe has really locked that down. Uh, oh, and Graham Zussi was our right back. Mm-hmm. So shit's changed since San Jose has played us last. Mm-hmm. Our, I think our middle, our midfield. I, uh, you know, Remy was in there. Eric Tommy was in there. It was. Gotti wasn't pretty usual. probably there yet. But, it, I mean, this was April 15th, so this was right after. Oh, Felipe Hernandez was in there. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him in a long time, so we're different now. Polito wasn't back to full form yet. So this this is, you know, if you look at last time we played San Jose this year at home, August 26th, 3-0 Sporting Kansas City. So there's a stat. Sporting Kansas City, of the last 20 times we've played San Jose at home, can you guess how many times we lost to them? You see this on that? Uh, no, I haven't. Sporting Kansas City has lost only one of its last 20 home matches against San Jose, dating back to August 2004, including advancing in three single-leg knockout games. Well, you know, they have a very dangerous player in uh, Christian Espinosa. Mm-hmm. I know he's been there for a bit, and he's very scary. But that, uh, dude, that stat is insane. I mean... We're going to have to our game, though, because they're good. Uh, they're good, but you want to know their form in the second half of the season? 
in the in the 17 games in the back half of the season, San Jose won three games. These are two teams going in opposite directions. And that I'm not sitting here saying that like we should feel confident, like overconfident, it's a done deal or whatnot. But if you look at what happens when teams are going in opposite directions and one's at home, we've only lost one since 2004. They've only won three of their last 17 games. San Jose's only advanced once in six playoff appearances since 2003. This is, you know, this is doable is what I'm getting at. This is doable. It is, it is doable, man. But it, it is the playoffs. You know, you do have to focus up. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is the one of those things that, uh, you know, there is no, I don't believe there's any extra time. I think it'll go straight to PKs if if things are Correct. tied up at the end. Correct. Um, I don't believe the extra time starts until uh, after round one, after the best of three series. I think then the games from there on out have extra time and stuff, right? Then maybe. I have to look it up, honestly. They've changed okay. the play, uh, format so much. But I, kn- I know for this round, and I also know for the best of three series, it does go straight to playoff uh, yeah. penalties. So it's, dude, this is so doable, like you said. Uh, I really hope people show up. I know it's a Wednesday night game. Sometimes those are always kind of hit and miss as far as attendance goes. But uh, I think people knowing that it's playoffs and maybe some people who are there on Saturday are just ready to go, man. I mean, it's absolutely. Because you didn't know, you know, Saturday, you didn't know when you're playing. Mm -hmm. And then it's announced like, okay, Wednesday, 830. Mm -hmm. I hope people bought tickets. Let's go. I hope so. It's a quick turnaround. I mean, the, the two players to keep an eye on, in my view, for San Jose are Jeremy Abobasi, their striker, yeah. um, and then Christian Espinoza. He, he's their most important player. Sporting on the need to know uh, on, on MLSsoccer.com, um, Christian Espinoza has scored um, or assisted on 12 of San Jose's last 15 regular season goals. So 12 of their last 15 goals, Christian Espinoza has either scored or assisted on. That nine is... Sorry, he literally had done that on two-thirds of their goals this year. Mm-hmm. You just said, you just gave a two-third amount there. That's hilarious. And then nine of San Jose's ten wins this year came in matches and when in matches in which Christian Espinoza contributed to at least one goal. They've only won one game when he was held off of uh, the score sheet or without an assist. So wow. seems to me that the key to this game defensively Stop Christian Espinoza, and you have a pretty good chance of stopping San Jose. And score first. They have only won one game mm-hmm. when being scored on first. Um, that being said, they've conceded the second most penalty kicks in MLS. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, uh, Logan and Denbe likes to get down there and and take fouls. You know, he likes mm-hmm. to get beat up a little bit. Yeah, Johnny likes to penetrate that box. Let's let's get early PK. How about it? Do you know the one win that that San Jose's had since uh, since 2004 at Children's Mercy Park? I remember it vividly. I didn't remember that this is what it was until I read it, and I was like, "Oh, I was suddenly transported back there." August 19th, 2015, San Jose beat Kansas City five to zero. It was the first loss for Kansas City at home at Children's Mercy Park that year. Yeah, they were undefeated at home. I don't remember his rating. I just remember it was undefeated at home. We made it all the way into the end, middle to end of August, and people started talking about Sporting Kansas City might go undefeated at home. This is a fortress. And then freaking Wondolowski and co. came in there and laid a 5-0 drubbing on us. I think it was raining, man. I'm pretty sure, like, did you did you watch that game down in the cauldron with me? 
was that the that might have been the rain game. I think we were in the rain. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. Wow. We stayed out there during the break. <laughs> we did. Marissa did not. She went inside. Yeah. But you know that's that's the that's the exception game to to the trend. So um, it, it'll be interesting. Sporting's five all-time postseason matches against San Jose are their fourth most against any opponent. The only teams they've played more in the playoffs are the Galaxy, Colorado, and Houston. So um, I don't know. This this will be interesting. This will be an interesting game. How are you feeling about Sporting's chances heading into this? Oh, I'm not even confident. I mean, it's it's anything. <laughs> all these contexts. No, I mean, anything goes, dude. It's just anything can happen. That's just the the nature of this sport. Um, but also, I do know it's all about form. And if you are going to go put money on someone, you need to look at Sporting and what they've been doing in this little freight train they got going behind them mm-hmm. because that's the team that gets shit done mm-hmm. and there's there's pundits out there that are like i you know even taylor twelman tweeted taylor twelman tweeted that's fun to say uh <laughs> <laughs> he said uh, uh i wouldn't want to play sporting kc right now they have right. been the most consistently improving team and they're on a roll and i'm like you you right taylor he right. makes sense he's right i don't always agree with this take but he's right yeah um if we can get through San Jose, we go to City Park in St. Louis on Sunday. We won't have a new podcast episode by that point. But you're but guaranteed another home game if you get past this Wednesday game. That is true. And St. Louis, they are not infallible at home. The Seattle Sounders, who are obviously a very good team, went into City Park and they won 2-0 to zero this most recent yeah. week. Um one of those goals was an own goal from Tim Parker. So, yes. Couldn't they have broken the points record for new, like, for, for expansion team? I think so. And they didn't because they lost that game. So they are now second in the points record behind LAFC in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. So it's. I personally am very excited about the prospect of playing St. Louis in the playoffs. You got to beat them once at their place. You've yet to do that, but you will have to do that if you want to get out of that to advance. Yeah. So I mean, we're just we're talking hypotheticals now, but like, yeah, dude, you want to go get that early win and then maybe win it at home, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just, if I think about the idea of of playing St. Louis, like, do I actually think Sporting Kansas City are going to go on and win MLS Cup? Probably not. It's it's tough. They shouldn't. But <laughs> if we can get past San Jose, if. And then we get to St. Louis. It would almost be it wouldn't it wouldn't be as good as, as winning MLS Cup, but it would it would feel pretty damn good to end St. Louis's Cinderella run. You can have your four zero victories, you can have your four one victories, you can have your lights out, your red, whatever you want to do it. But when it, when rubber hit the road and the games mattered more than ever, and you couldn't do it, oh, that'd be vindication. Well, and we we can't talk like this by the way we can't talk like do I think Sporting's going to win MLS Cup no but it's like why not let's let's ask that question yeah. why not do you think these players are thinking like mm, we're not going to go very far but let's just go do our oh, no, absolutely not they think they can think, make a run and win it yes dude you think Makes Alan Polito is here getting paid that money to just go home like he wants to keep playing right and he doesn't need to score apparently like he's our scorer yeah. But it's not necessary. That's wild. It was really good. I mean, 
we were preaching all year, runners into the box. When they did it, it was great. And Remy gets running into the box and he does it. And then Johnny makes a couple of wonder individual goals. So yeah, when people outside of Allen can contribute to the score sheet, it, it opens things up for everybody because then yeah. they can't key in on just one guy. So I'm excited. I don't think, even if we made it against St. Louis and we lost, I'm not going to be any more embarrassed than what already happened this year. It's yeah. like, I, I almost feel like it's playing with house money when you get to St. Louis. Well, and also you made the playoffs. You got yourself uh, a chance. You got yourself into the conversation, whereas we could just be talking about a season wrap-up right now and then covering MLS playoff previews, right? Right. So, I don't know. I'm excited. Again, I've been saying this all year. Eventually, it's going to come back to get them. In, in, in some games over the back half of the year, it kind of has. St. Louis overperformed every single advanced metric that's out there and, and their goalkeeper can't save a penalty kick to save his life that's so what i was about to that'll say. be interested that'll be interesting Ber- to see berkey's a very good goalkeeper but if we get this that that's my that's my strategy if we get to sunday at city park just try to get the, like maybe steal a goal or whatever but get this thing the penalties mess around and see what happens yeah because you put berkey or tim Melia in in between the sticks on penalty kicks oh 10 out of 10 times i'm taking i'm taking tim Melia. I think I would too. And they, the fans know that. Like I mm-hmm. talked to a very nice gentleman when we were there and he's like, yeah, Berkey's great and all, but he can't do shit for penalties. <laughs> Which is wild because he stands on his head sometimes. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's a very good goalkeeper, but apparently just shit at saving penalties. That's just called, I mean, penalties is making a decision, right? It's quick decision, but like taking on shots, he, he, he demonstrates pure athleticism. Mm-hmm. Berkey just jumps up at like a cat. And does like some backflip into a round off. You're like, is he? When did? When did they get Simone Biles? <laughs> right. It's what pretty wild. <laughs> so, but I'm very excited about this prospect. I just, you know, hopefully we get through San Jose first. It's it's not gonna. I'm, I don't think it's gonna be an easy game. I, I don't want to sound too confident oh, yeah. about San Jose, even I though. I want to think that we're talking about the next game that's not even coming yet. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. not doing that. Very much have to get through San Jose, Christian Espinosa. Very dynamic player. Jeremy Abobasi, very dynamic player. They got some good young guys. I'm, I'm I'm very glad this game is at Children's Mercy Park. I'd be feeling a lot more nervous if this game was in San Jose. Do you get those daily email blasts from that guy uh, that does MLS uh, emails? He puts out like the watch gridometer of like what games are the best. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I don't always agree with this stuff, but no. uh, he did something of he was ranking all the – first the round one matches and in in number one in his number one spot he put st louis and sporting kc he's like everyone wants this to happen he wasn't even penciling in san jose bro san jose was nowhere in this conversation he's like sporting needs to get here because this will be fun yeah and i agree man mls wants this to happen journalists want this to happen we'd love this to happen so i i just oh i hope so we would love to happen. Yeah, it, it does make me a little nervous that people are just flat out seemingly discounting San Jose because it, and they'll it's kind know of that too. Well, that's the thing. It's kind of the same thing that I was just talking about. Is like, well, now you're just kind of playing with house money. And yeah, like, they'll be like, going to win. Oh, is this chip on the shoulder? And they eat it. So I'm I'm trying to see right now. I was I was trying to look up what um what the odds are currently. Sporting KC, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. Minus one forty-five on the money line in terms of favorites, uh, just because we're at home. We're at home. San Jose plus three thirty and a draw plus two ninety-five. So 
the sports books have Sporting Kansas City an even bigger favorite against San Jose than we were Saturday against Minnesota. Yeah. So how about this? I'm so I'm so nervous, but I'm so also very excited. Like it's another this past game felt like attending a playoff game. It did. I it's, mean, functionally it was. Yeah. And now we get to actually attend a playoff game. So it's just the excitement's all over again. And it's my wife's birthday. It's gonna be a hell of a time. And you Wednesday? guys see, yes, it is. If you see happy birthday, Marissa, on the board, I did that. <laughs> Does she know you're doing that? She knows, yeah. We she says she knows now. I wanted her to know because I did it one year and we like she missed it. And she's like, We gotta leave. And you're like, We can't leave. So why why can't leaving? we leave? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. Just shut up and stay. <laughs> Watch the board. <laughs> uh I, yeah, I mean happy birthday, uh SKC win would be a great gift, right? It would be. I'm just I'm so excited for this game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad I'm able to go because I'm gonna be out of town this weekend, so I wouldn't have been able to go if it was later, but looking forward to it. This will be fun. So wait, what did you say? You wouldn't have been able to go if it was a later game? Yeah, because I'm I'm visiting my brother this weekend. So gotcha. if it was later in the weekend, Thursday, wouldn't be able to go. Well that's so. man. Yeah, that's good. it could have been Wednesday or Thursday too. That's the two dates that they had penciled in. Right. So I, I and when when uh, the Red Bulls and Charlotte game went final, they had that game on the schedule Wednesday night, and I was like, damn, that means we're getting the Thursday game. But mm. they're just both Wednesday. So well, and here's a little something. So you win Wednesday, you're playing nine o'clock Sunday. Mm-hmm. Then also you're going to play four o'clock back home the next Sunday. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that. Because I have something to do at seven. I'm very glad. <laughs> I'm very glad that worked out. But like the nine o'clock, I'll take it because it works out the next week. So for sure. We got to get there first. Yeah. So I'm excited, man. We are here after all that happened this year. We are talking Sporting Kansas City hosting a game in that MLS Cup playoff. And and that's yeah. about all you can ask for right now. It's pretty wild. I mean, I'm not even sure if you mentioned this, but Tim Melia boasts a perfect 6-0 and record in penalty shootouts. Six and zero in penalty shootouts. Yep, and at least and one four, of those four and zero at Sporting, and at least one of those is a perfect penalty shootout where he saved the first three shots and we won three zero. That was the fastest penalty shootout of my life. Was that against San Jose in the playoffs uh, last year? Right? No, not last year. Two last years. year. For some reason, I was thinking that it might have been against San Jose. Hold on, let me see if I can. Amelia yeah, up. But dude, he saved all three, and it was just like game over. I'd never seen that before in my life. It was against San Jose, November 22nd, 2020. Timelia saves three kicks in a penalty shootout against San Jose in the playoffs to advance at Children's yeah. Mercy Park. Wow. Because didn't Gianluca Buzio get a late goal to send it to kicks? Maybe. I think so. Oh, my God. It's What a stat, though. I mean, that's. I don't want that to end, and I'd rather just not have to get the penalties. How about that? Let's, yeah. let, let's just you know end it. In Johnny's race. scoring a brace. You think Johnny's not coming in hot, dude? He's he's so excited. Yeah. So it'll he's be hurt great too. We have, we didn't even talk about this, but he's hurt, and he's like, well, I can play through it. You shouldn't, but he's going <laughs> to. <laughs> well, Peter said Johnny's a warrior, and that he's yeah. one of the only players he's ever coached where he has to actively yank him off the field, no matter the injury, because he will play no matter what. So outstanding. Which I didn't know if that was a veiled shot at Gadikinda for like. Not playing through his ankle, but interesting. Well, he did decide to go up to go out to play for the national team, though, despite yeah. being hurt. So, yeah, so pretty fun. Well, you got anything else for our good listeners before uh, Wednesday? No, dude. Oh, you hear that? My heart's pitter pattering. <laughs> it's getting it's getting exciting. 
it's it's I'm going to be nervous on Wednesday. I'll tell you that. Oh, no doubt. I will not have the confidence that I had on Saturday for some reason. On no, Wednesday. don't don't text me these confident texts. If you text me, just say <laughs> just say, hey, happy birthday to Marissa. I will do that. <laughs> so. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, man, playoff times are here. Don't playoffs. So got the smash. I feel good about it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoOtherPod, at Dan Kuzer, at JCMac03. Shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. Leave us that five-star rating and review. Check out KCSN Soccer on YouTube or via the Kansas City Sports Network app. And until next time, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch you all later. See ya. Playoffs, baby. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.